rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, buddies. All right, boys and girls. Man, do we have another exciting episode of the Mostly Homeless Podcast today to deliver to you. You see, last night I was very fortunate enough that I got to sit down and hang out with my new buddy, Mr. Chuck Robinson of the Mad Caddies. Mad Caddies are in town. They're uh, celebrating the release of their new album. Granted, the album doesn't come out for a month, but this is one of those build the PR, build the press. Place wasn't packed, but the place was, it was a damn nice show. Think about the Summit Music Hall here in Denver. When it's sold out, it's ugly. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah, last night there was probably, I don't know, a good six, seven hundred people, and it was a fantastic show. Now, I was excited to sit down with Chuck because I've been listening to the Mad Caddies off and on, uh, God, since my teenage years. Uh, I discovered them way back in the day on a Fat Music Volume 4, Life in the Fat Lane, one of the Fat Music El Cheapo comps of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, for those of you who are maybe a little young and don't know, Back in the day, um, record labels like Epitaph, Fat, and Asian Man used to put out these like three ninety nine compilations with 20 bands, and that's how I got into punk rock, was seeing these ads and things like Ride BMX and BMX Plus, and then my buddy's skateboarding magazines would be like, 20 songs for $4 featuring Bad Religion, No Effects, yada, 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 and that's how I got into punk rock. How I got into Mad Caddies was through one of those comps, and uh, it was the song Road Rash on Fat Music Volume 4. I've been a fan ever since, you know, and uh, so meeting them last night was another wonderful experience, as as is meeting almost everybody who's been on the show, and I got to tell you, I hadn't seen the Mad Caddies in a long time, It's it's been a while, I, I'm sad to say that I kind of abandoned them, and a lot of my ska roots, I'm slowly reconnecting with those early ska days of my youth, and uh, so I hadn't seen the Mad Caddies in a while, and I had worked a really early shift that day at my day job, and had to work a really early shift today and I was like you know I'm only I, I'll stay and watch like half of their set and then I'll I'll be an old man and go home I, I made it that far nope five minutes into their set I was hook line and sinkered and sold and I was like holy crap what is wrong with me why haven't I checked these guys out every single chance I could for the last like five ten years granted they haven't toured that much through here during that time but still like why wasn't I there why wasn't I blasting the records over and over and over again buddies i'm back in the fold i'm back in back as a fan of the mad caddies again and uh especially after meeting chuck for the first time holy crap what a great dude i really like this guy hopefully we can uh we can uh, be best friends forever that's kind of one of the requirements of being on the show is that uh i'm gonna harass you for the rest of your life and uh stalk and whatnot and be a general uh weirdo creeper punisher no i'm just kidding i'm just being silly guys um now i do have to say I made it to work eventually. I stayed out and partied all damn night long. Went and checked out some killer band that played last night at Three Kings Tavern after the show. I believe their name was called the Killingans. Killigans? Killigans? Uh, basically, they're kind of what uh, Dropkick Murphys and the Street Dogs wished they were. Like They were like a better version of that, I felt. And apparently, they're a band that have been around for 15 years and nobody's ever heard. Uh, I wish I had looked them up before going on to this rant about it, but I didn't. So I went on this adventure... Got home about 2.30 this morning. Got up at 8 o'clock this morning to go to work. Ooh, I'm 32, not 22. We talked about that a little bit in today's interview with uh, Chuck. And you know what kept me going throughout the day? Now, I, I talk about this coffee company a lot. Yeah, they give me free coffee. Of course I'm going to talk about them a lot. Death Wish Coffee. Now, Death Wish Coffee has the darkest roast with the most caffeine you can get in the world. That's right. 
most of you like when when you want a strong cup of coffee, strong caffeine content, you go with the lighter breakfast roast because the roasting takes that caffeine out. Death Wish have figured out how to take a dark bean, a dark roast, and pack it full of caffeine. It's all organic, all fair trade, all wonderfully grown, um, and it's delicious. I drink it black by the pot full every single day. That's the only way I made it through my day at work today. It's the only reason I'm sitting here rambling like a madman right now into this microphone. So visit DeathWitchCoffee.com. Tell them Mostly Harmless sent you and uh, buy some coffee, buy some T-shirts, hang out. Tell them I sent you. Speaking of the internet, visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Buy some t-shirts. Uh, we're about to do a big t-shirt sale and get rid of the old back stock so I can maybe buy some new ones. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Leave us a little uh, review. I'm awful at responding to emails, but I love getting them. So please uh, just write me a little note. Uh, without further ado, now the new Mad Caddies record doesn't come out until May 13th. So I can't really play too many songs off that record today because I don't want to spoil it for you. And uh, I don't know what Fat's got planned. So we're going to go ahead and kick off this episode with the uh, first song that's been premiered off this record already. Uh, Alt Press premiered it uh, a little while ago, March 21st. So it's been out, it's been out there for about two weeks now. Uh, the song is called Brand New Scar. It's off the new album, Dirty Rice. comes out May 13th on Fat Records. And man, it's a killer new record. I love it. Um, I think you're, if you're a ska fan, I think you're going to like this record too. Uh, again, this is Brand New Scar off of Mad Caddy's Dirty Rice. Woke up this morning on the wrong side of town To someone I've never seen And a room I guess we found The last few days playing back in my head I know the price I'm going to pay For all the things that I said Two hearts beating, but our love was fleeting. It's done. Yeah, we had fun, but I can't give you all of my heart when we both know it's falling apart. I lost in love again, thrown out into the world.
So uh, I'm hanging out at Summit Music Hall with Chuck from the Mad Caddies. How are you today, Chuck? I'm doing fine. Yeah, right uh, on. Working on, uh, you know, day four. Start, starting to set in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little loud back here as the bands get ready to go on, but that's okay. We got, the, we got this nice little microphone. Um, so it's day four. Uh, you're not a spring chicken anymore, if you don't mind me saying. How old are you nowadays? The truth hurts. It's... Yeah. I am 36 years old. <laughs> You're not that much older than me. For some reason, I had it in my head because you guys were around like before. No, I'm 32, so yeah. in my head, I thought you guys were a little bit older. We so. we started really young. Yeah. The first couple tours we did, I I couldn't even drink in bars. Well, I could because I had my cousin's ID. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we started touring at you know 18 years old. So. Oh, right on. Um, I, I read on your Facebook page you guys went out and went. Uh, some brewery hopping today. Did you partake? I did not partake. I woke up a little late. I missed the field trip started at 11, and I didn't get up till noon. But uh, some of the guys went out, and uh, we're at least, actually, pretty much almost everybody in the band, minus a couple guys, are, are big beer nerds now. Yeah. Craft beers is, is amazing. Are you a beer nerd at all? or? Yes, I am, for cool. sure. Yeah. Bummer you missed that trip? Yes. What did you get into today instead? Uh, today I got into a shower, mm. which I hadn't had in three days, which was uh, life-changing. And I got into a, a couple of burritos. Nice. And, uh, you know, checking some email and doing the uh, the really boring stuff. Did you guys hit up Illegal Beats? I'm sorry? Did you hit up Illegal Beats? Illegal Beats? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a burrito. It's basically Denver's Punk Rock Chipotle. Oh, okay. And they feed bands free uh, free food if you just let them know you're coming through town. Shit, so. I didn't know. I would have, I would have gone and checked it out. Oh, well. I actually went to Chipotle. Oh, no, right. <laughs> but as far as uh, I was just saying, like, it's nice to see uh, a corporate chain, which I don't generally like to support, but to have healthy, good ingredients, you know, better quality. So it's nice. When, when you're on the road, you're like, well, I can at least get Chipotle. Yeah. It's funny, I uh, on Netflix there's a documentary, like it's only like 20 minutes long, but it's inside Chipotle. 
and they go on some like little tour with those guys. So it's pretty funny. I watched that two days ago. So I don't know. This is off to a wonderful start here. Um, no, so usually with the show, like I rip off Mark Marin, uh, What the Fuck podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with any of the podcasts or anything. I like to talk about origin stories. Uh, I got into ska and punk rock in the late 90s, thanks to ska music, Rubik Fish, Goldfinger, and it just kind of like sucked me to where I am today. Um, so I, I'm curious, like for you, when you started this whole trip, uh, when, did, when did you first discover music to begin with? Like, at what age were you a young kid? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my fam- my parents were baby boomer, or still are. Uh, they're both alive. Baby boomer hippies. And so, you know, we grew up on, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, the Dead, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, from a, as young as I can remember, we were always, they didn't play instruments, but everyone was always singing in my family, you know, singing and dancing around the house. So, And then kind of coming of age, you know, the first stuff I really got into, of course, was, you know, the grunge thing, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, you know, junior high. And then, you know, sophomore year in high school, you discover this band called Fishbone. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, this is so cooler. This is different and nobody at our high school knows about it which instantly makes us cooler you know (laughs) how how did you find uh fishbone uh sasha actually a guitar player discovered him and went and saw him live a couple of times when he was uh sophomore in high school and i was still in eighth grade but um yeah and then fishbone and then that just opened the whole door and then we're like oh here's no effects and uh you know bad religion and then i I love my favorite ska band back at the time was skank and pickle (laughs) love those guys i probably saw him 10 times i love mike park too yeah, it's great, man. It's been a, it was such a fun show, and you know, different. You know, you kind of get scared to go to like metal or hardcore punk shows, you know, because you might, you know, I got knocked out a few times in the pit, you know, like you know, at Scotch shows, everybody was positive, and not, not there to be violent, just to have a good time. And there were girls there too, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, that's the thing. I'm looking around the crowd tonight. I'm like, oh yeah, there are cute girls like Scott. They're everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Um, so you guys started in '97, but. When did when did you first start making music on your own? The band the band turns twenty next year. We, we, Sasha and I have been playing. Or the the band started in ninety five. That turned into the lineup it is today. That was kind of the, the core group. So yeah, twenty years ago, nineteen years ago. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. Where did time go? Where did time go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that the first time you ever started making music at all? Did you play anything in high school, growing up, piano or anything? Yeah, no, I started playing guitar, uh, fiddling around with it, just right at the end of junior high, and me and my buddies kind of learned together, and, and Sasha had started playing when he was in, like, fifth grade, yeah. classical and stuff, so he was a really good guitar player already by the high school, and we are just trying to learn a couple Metallica riffs and, like, <laughs> learn the basic chords. But, yeah, we uh, the first band I was in, I didn't play guitar, I just sang, um, and... Uh, it was called Total Rebellion of Life's Limits. Oh, Troll. Yeah, nice. We were Troll, and uh, we played grunge metal, you know. <laughs> and that was cool. The only bummer was I got the gig by taking my good friend's spot as the singer. He, he wasn't too happy, but he had a lisp, and so... He had to go. I get it. He had to go, man. And yeah, we were really hot on the, uh, the coffee shop scene. We played two gigs at, at a coffee shop. We played my front yard, and I... That's about it. Do you have anything recorded? Yeah, uh, Bad video? Somewhere, yeah. I think. We actually, we played a, we, we made it to the finals of our high school talent competition. So, Were you guys hot shit in high school or no? No, not really. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We were, we were kind of the cool in-between people that like were friends with the jocks, friends with the hicks, friends yeah. with the stone. Like, it was one of those kind of, we were kind of Switzerland, you know? We didn't have yeah. any enemies. I, 
I grew up working in my aunt's bakery, so I knew all the Hispanic people in the community. So like, I was friends with everybody. Yeah. It, it was kind of nice. We didn't have to you know, get wailed on in high school by the jocks. Or anything. Yeah. And then where did where did the Mad Gaddies come out of all this? What became the Mad Gaddies? How did that transition control? Just, uh, yeah, with us discovering ska, punk rock, and just kind of new, more even underground alternative yeah, yeah. music, and like going back and, I mean, the specials, I mean, yeah, madness, right? mind-blowing. You know, yeah. You're like, oh, wow. And then getting into the early two-tone reggae and stuff that came out of Jamaica and getting those old Trojan box sets and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like the uh, good stuff. The good stuff, yeah. yeah. You're like, wow. You know, and then learning, and, and then when you learned that ska actually became... Uh, was before reggae you were like oh wow it was just the Jamaicans take on, on you know four or five rock and roll they just, and then you know they started slowing it down because sometimes it'd get a little too hot so they wanted to dance half as fast <laughs> um, was there a moment that you can remember like I, I, I apologize I don't know what you do when you're not playing do, do you have a real job uh, no no cool good congratulations self-employed yes congratulations thank you what do you do when you're at home um well I do a lot of organic farming. Nice. Uh, we have, the family has uh, right. some land. Yeah, you and, live in uh, like a smaller farming community. Right? Yeah, we live about 30 miles uh, north uh, of Santa Barbara. So we're in kind of an agricultural community, a lot of wine, a lot of grape growing, a lot of cattle. And uh, the last 10 years, a big push for organic farm-to-table produce. Yeah. So. I, I work for Whole Foods, so yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly. I know how that goes. Yeah, we have a mini Whole Foods called New Frontiers locally. I'd say the rumor was that Whole Foods just bought them, but... But yeah, I, you, can, I, you can find me at the uh, at the local health food store four days out of week <laughs> hitting the salad bar because yeah. I'm too lazy to make my own lunch sometimes. <laughs> uh, so this is the town you grew up in. What was it like growing up in this smaller town? Uh, it was, you know, man, When I, as a kid, it was you, your curfew was dark. Yeah. And we grew up playing in the creek, you know, walking miles in our creek, building tree forts and, you know doing all the stuff kids do they get to grow up in that cool little country yeah. small town where it's safe and you're not worried about anything you I mean, know? it's California but it's small town California yeah this is rural California yeah, yeah. I mean our whole town ha- I mean this is four towns built in Solvang San Inez and Los Olivos the whole valley there's only 10,000 people when I grew up. It's, it's up to about 25 now 30 yeah. which is still nice spread out over four little 3,000 4,000 person towns and you know, that all feed one high school. We have our one freeway stop town, Buellton, which is where you'll find a movie theater and a grocery store and McDonald's and Taco Bell and that. But other than that, it's all local businesses, which is really cool. Um, so uh, about the music, so this is what you do when you're at home. But when, when did music grab a hold of you? And you're like, holy shit, this is what I want to do with my life. You know? it, it actually happened at summer camp. Uh, I went to this cool, really small summer camp on the Russian River from like eight every summer for like just a week and uh was i guess it was a christian camp but it was a episcopalian so it wasn't you know hell or hell i'm, I'm kind of in a, a you know not so much into religion but yeah it was a very they, they had lesbian preachers and stuff so it was very liberal and yeah. it was nothing about heaven or hell it was just be a good person love you know the good stuff and there was a lot of music there every and the cool counselors that were like 18 who played guitar and you're like I want to be like that guy, man. And that's where I first started learning guitar, like eighth grade, ninth grade, and then I ended up working there as a kitchen crew for a couple summers, 15 and 16, and that's where I really got the bug. And buddy there showed me No Effects and Dead Kennedys, and I was like, uh, oh my God, Moron Brothers, you know. So that, that's where it really got a hold of me. And then 
conveniently figuring out that for some crazy women uh, reason women are attracted to musicians. I don't know why we're deadbeats. We don't bathe often, and we don't make a lot of money, and so. Uh, but yeah, it kind of worked out, you know. Yeah, like, right. You, you get a girlfriend if you if you could sing her a couple of songs on a guitar, you know. You know, that's that's where I screwed up. Is I never really like I kind of play bass, but mostly like I learned how to interview bands. I've been interviewing bands since I was 16 because nobody would let me join a band. <laughs> girls, girls don't want to date the journalist. They're right. like, oh, can you get me backstage to meet right whoever? So fuck, oh, it screwed up there. Oh well, it's not too late, right? That's never too late. Um, what was it about? You know, these bands that really attracted you as a young person that got you wrapped up into this world. Just that it was it was different. It was so new. Like it was like, wow, there's this whole world that I didn't right. know about. It's like yeah. you know, and this is all pre-internet. So yeah. it's like, how do you find out about stuff? This like, is probably like pre-Dookie. Oh yeah, before that exploded. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Dookie was my fresh. Dookie was what '92 or '93? '93. '93. Yeah, it was my sophomore year. So yeah, I mean, it was like. All you had was your Guns N' Roses and Motley yeah. Crue and whatever was on MTV. And so it was just like finding this forbidden treasure of information and entertainment that you had no idea even existed. It's like, I didn't know what, I thought punk rock was just like guys with mohawks. Like going, and I knew, I knew about the Sex Pistols. That's like, that's all I knew about. You know? So finding this whole world that was, you know, I don't like lyrics you could relate to and, and just played in a totally different thing. And, the end of the glam era, you know. Yeah. It's like, so, 20 years ago, when you when you take this band out on the road for the first time, what was it like to leave that little? I mean, granted, you're not too far from like Santa Barbara and whatnot. Sure. Up, but what was it like to take this, this be a young person going out on the road for the first time? It was it was bittersweet. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, like getting, you know, putting nine dudes in a, a van that Fat Records bought for us for nice. the first time, you know. And, 97 and hitting the road and going out and touring the states you know in the summertime for like 45 days it was, it was incredible and at the same time it was also like oh wow it's like you know for, first time i really like been away from home for like yeah. months on end and yeah at times it, it got a little rough you know you get homesick and you again oh my god do i have to eat mcdonald's again like can we at least get burger king you know so, yeah. yeah it was tough so uh, but it, like i said it was mind-blowing and then uh, rough at the same time but I think it's a great experience I think travel is the best education anyone can get teaches you uh, humility and uh, teaches you to to you know realize that everybody's different diversity and everything you know there's just no one way it's just the world, world's a big and small place at the same time and, and then you're you're like 17 where you're like 18 19 20 yeah. years old and you're out on the road you're learning to be an adult learning in to a be world an adult. in a adult world yeah. absolutely yeah. it's amazing that uh, nobody you know I, I can imagine as 20 year old kids in a band you guys were little shits little snot nose right yeah you know, I mean that's, that's just my own assumption because that's you know, how I was a little bit yeah a little bit but at the same time you know all of our moms did a pretty good job teaching us manners so we were never that band that was going to trash the fucking dressing room or do anything stupid like that yeah we'd have fun like come on Fans on tours, testosterone, guys messing around, you know, water balloon fights in the summer, yeah. Roman candle wars and that kind of shit. Sure, but I mean, that's just being a kid. But we always uh, treated the bands we toured with with respect and, like, looked up to them and, you know, just this is what we all decided we wanted to do. So we just 
you know. I haven't been a lot of looking back over the last eight years, like, oh, what? A, you know, you fucking playing some shithole that only like 50 people are there and you come off stage and fucking whack your head on the pipe that doesn't have the red tape on it and you're like why am I doing this <laughs> was that last night that was that was like a year ago oh yeah <laughs> I was gonna say because the Aggie has that like oh yeah I saw that thing I'm very aware right now like, tall guy problems yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's so I, I've noticed over the last few years like um, you guys seem to take out the younger upstart bat bands that end up doing fairly well like you took out Rise Against so alright let's let's restart this so back to that question yeah go ahead yeah, so, so we stepped outside I uh, got a little loud synthetic elements of playing a show started playing um, but no so what I asked is is like um, I, I've noticed over the years like you guys kind of get to take out the newer younger bands stuff like I mean Rise Against was pretty do whenever you guys took them out. A oh, lot yeah. of those guys have been experienced, but we've seen you guys with none more black. And always, like, it's it's a wide variety of bands. It's not just lumped in the same field. Sure. But, like, why do you guys get chosen to be that band that takes out these? I don't know. We don't really know how it happened, but we had a saying, like, yeah, if you want a gold record, just open for the Mad Caddies. Yeah. <laughs> we've never had one, but it was like, it started with Yellow Card. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Oh, actually, the first one was the Ataris. They opened for us for, like, you know, a month or whatever. Boom big yellow card open up for three weeks boom rise against yeah <laughs> how many records have they sold five million right. so yeah. ten million it's like man it's like why can't we open for the mad caddies can we open for ourselves maybe we could sell some records all right <laughs> maybe uh elwood to open up for uh, the mad caddies yeah that's a good idea yeah, yeah totally that could totally work um, so you have no idea how that so actually we, we happens. Don't, it's just, you know, it's like the type of things where it's a family, you know, Fat Records is a family. Yeah. And so it's like newer band. It's like, of course, that's you use your connections to go out. And so, you know, we were playing clubs and at least bringing, you know, average a few hundred people out a night. So yeah. it's like, yeah, what better way to, to get exposure? And, you know, yeah. just they, uh, they all surpassed us very quickly. <laughs> No, but you guys have been around for forever. People know yeah, who you are. But yeah, we have staying power, which yeah. is kind of cool. You know, yeah. it's like we've managed to keep the band together, like I said, for almost 20 years, and we're all still buddies and friends, yeah. and we have, we have a good time doing it. So, yeah. You know. I, I kind of find it hard. I mean, I'm sure, like, I talked to Chuck Reagan, and he's like, oh, I can be a real jerk sometimes. But I find it hard to believe anybody dislikes you at all, like, even after, like, 20 minutes of talking to you. Yeah. Like, dude, we have we have blow ups like once a year where like there will be some yelling and stuff, but it's like over the stupidest shit, you know. It's just, like, everybody tries to be really respectful to each other, you know. Yeah. Try it. the ego monster is a very evil creature, man. And, yeah. You know, it's, just, it's not good for, for your health and overall well being. Yeah. So, so when I ask a question like, um, why do you guys get to go choose these bands? I was hoping for some kind of answer like, oh, because these younger bands get to see how old dudes like we're a good example of what to do or something along yeah totally and, and you know actually that that was the case with a, a certain band that starts with a y and ends with a d uh, <laughs> that uh <laughs> honestly some dudes like on warp tour like from the the tribal tribal elders from bands like no effects bad religion and our crew had to had to sit them down and be like you know what bro like just because you guys have a gold or platinum record right now like you don't get to treat people like that. Yeah. And you, you need to fix yourself now because if your guitar is a little out of tune and you fucking throw your guitar at your stage tech, you're a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> no one's going to like you. Yeah. And you don't want your fans to see you acting like a, a fucking little child. You know, and that's the problem sometimes when you get 
too much success too young and you haven't had to work you haven't had to you know pay your dues as they say that can be a problem but you know but but that's the best way to learn is to have your elders to slap you on your ass to say that's how it goes and then you know and then it was solved and then he realized that and, you yeah. know, that person unnamed was was, was cured of those problems it's yeah. funny how those, that works like stop yeah. being a little shit dude who the fuck do you think you are man you know you know um, so you guys it's what day four you're touring on this wonderful beautiful bus that we're standing kind of in front of um it's not you, so beautiful with 10 people inside. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume by now, like with 10 people, you have to tour on a bus. We do. Big. And that's yeah. the thing, man. And it's it's financially very prohibitive. But it's either two vans, mm-hmm. you know, and fucking six hotel rooms. Or we, we get on a bus and we can all live on it and take showers every couple days when we can. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's really, really hard, especially when you're middle-aged, to yeah. play a show that starts at 10 p.m. and you, you can't go to sleep no matter what till 3 or 4 because you're too amped up. Yeah. And then to have to wake up at 8, like 5 hours of sleep and then get in a van and drive. It's like, it's just, it, you can't do it. We do use vans, sprinter vans now, uh, when we're doing low mileage runs. Yeah. You know, like in the East Coast, uh, the May Tour, we're going to be in a sprinter van because there's not a drive longer than 4 hours. Yeah. So, so if you could sleep in and, and leave your hotel at noon, that's fine. But... When, when we're doing 500 miles between a lot of these shows, it's just, I just can't do it. What's like uh, Lawrence Arms, they did a fly-in to Denver for their last show here, and it was just like, it's smarter than a 15-hour fucking drive to Denver. It yeah. cost about the same amount. There's only three dudes in that band, yeah, so it's like, so. what, 250 each plane ticket? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And they make that in a blink of an eye. Um, so, uh, as we were talking about, the band's been around for a while. Scott... Like I, it's weird for me because Denver has always had a good ska scene. Like I've lived in Colorado for twelve years now, and it's always seemed to be pretty well. Do you notice a revival the rest of the world? Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, everything ebb, ebb and flows, right. you know. And it's like we were a couple years too late. Like we missed it by like yeah. two, three years. Like if if our record would have come out in '95, even, yeah. it's like we I, we would have been a lot more successful here. And so we kind of got the tail end of that big third wave revival out of Orange County and stuff and uh, so we said screw it and we it just hit in Europe yeah. so we were like oh Europe was three years behind and, and so we got to ride it out there and develop a uh, you know a career long fan base there that's been wonderful and able to you know help us put food on the table and yeah. pay the rent yeah so it, and I've noticed it here especially you know bands like uh, I want to say Catch-22, Streetlight Manifesto, yeah. and, you know, the bands that are still out there doing it and being progressive and cool and younger kids getting into it and the same kids that I was that, like, yeah, it didn't fit in here, it didn't fit in there, but we all could meet in the middle yeah. at the ska show and have fun. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, somebody was like, I don't get why ska is coming back. I'm like, I do. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's lighthearted. We're yeah. sick of the emo slit our wrists. It's fun. I'm 32 years old, and sometimes there's nothing better than a ska show. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, man. It's just happy. There's yeah. not a pit. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're pissed off people, but sure, you know, it, this doesn't attract that kind of. It doesn't uh, attract the violent dude bro attitude. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it, I, I I chatted with a band called the Shell Corporation uh, a few weeks back, and they're kind of doing the uh, bad religion thing, and we we're I was we were making fun of it in light and jest of it, but they're like, you know, the scenes are cynical. Like this scene is coming back, and we're we're going to be in prime position here in about four years to be number one. Whereas you guys, you guys are still at it and still kicking. Um, I imagine what are the benefits of having stuck through this for twenty years? I mean, the benefits are like 
it's having a core fan base yeah. you know that you you know almost anywhere in the westernized world we're gonna draw at least 100 people <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it's like, so it, it's kind of cool that you know and, and what's really neat is seeing multi-generational fans now yeah. parents coming with their 16 year old kids because you know they had kids young or whatever and so now it's like seeing two generations at your show yeah. is really neat and it's fun it is you know um now, my old roommates were in a ska band called The Rideaways out of Colorado Springs. I don't expect you to know who they are or anything. They were marginally successful, but they, they too, were on the tail end of this whole scene. Sure. And then they hit this this weird wall where they were like, none of them listened to ska, but they were playing in the ska band. They were known for a ska band, and they really just wanted to, they wanted to play indie rock. Right. And that's kind of where they went with horns and their fans like rejected it. Have you ever felt trapped by the music you create? No. At all? I mean, because I think we've been diverse enough, like yeah. we, we we really only consider ourselves a ska band on like our first two albums. Yeah. You know? And then we kind of branched out and then our third record was pretty much a punk record. Yeah, right. And then from there on we're just like, you know what, we we want to be just an eclectic rock band. Yeah. yeah, we play ska, we play reggae, play punk rock, we play this mix of Dixieland jazz and dirty stuff and we've always just wanted to keep trying to push the genre uh, you know boundaries and just yeah. keep expanding and expanding and finding new sounds and new you know it's just you can't if you get too locked in you, then you're going to feel trapped and then you're like what are we doing we just recycle the same music over and over yeah. it's like only Fat Mike could do that <laughs> <laughs> new lyrics same songs and we all still love it yeah. and he'll be the first one to admit that's exactly well, yeah, what he's he like, and he always said I remember when we uh started writing this record three years ago and we tried for a couple months and we gave up and then we did it again a year ago but he's like what's your what's you know what's your favorite progression like on, or what's your best progression and I was like I'll drink it for 11 is like a really good pop progression he's like okay we'll just let's, let's do a new song with that progression and there's a song on our new record that's a really fast <laughs> punk song but it's the same chord as drink it for 11 it's like cool he's like no better person to rip off than yourself because it's still original you wrote it right I'm like oh yeah okay that's cool. funny because you even sound like him in that that impression yeah like, um, you know just better rip yourself off it's the best thing yeah um, I had another train of thought I just lost looking at those people walk out that door well, she doesn't <laughs> look like she's supposed to be at our show no, no Marilyn Manson's next week oh, it's like weird but hey it's fun yeah welcome for everybody um, so oh this is where I was going to go I like the new record I hadn't listened to you guys in a long time I apologize it's I mean the last record was seven years ago seven, seven years <laughs> yeah. ago but it had kind of our new record keep it going from 2007 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and so like I came out I came back I got, I got the I got the record uh, a couple weeks ago from Vanessa from that and it, I was like the last one was very grown up but this one too it's very grown up it's very like I don't want to say adult contemporary ska but it's something along those lines where it's like oh man I, I feel I felt bad for not listening to it in so long Right. to you guys so long I was like fuck this is great uh, so thank you I appreciate that yeah um, and, it, and it sounds like I'm pandering but like I genuinely enjoyed it and all the reviews seem to enjoy it as well I hope so man yeah. we've only seen a couple but we're, yeah. we're, we're those two we're rubbing our hands together going give us some love give yeah. us some love don't, don't pick us apart the album's Dirty Rice yes is that right? okay. Dirty Rice yeah. I was afraid I was going to fuck that up there um, it's been like all the interviews I've read so far Every one of them mentions the seven years thing. It's an easy bullshit question. Totally. I'll admit it. Um, but when you go back to making a new record after seven years, are you? Do you feel rejuvenated because you've had so much time off, or is it like rusty? No, no, rejuvenated. And we we took 
we did this record like we've never done a record. We recorded ourselves at our home, at our drummer's uh, parents' ranch and <laughs> the place where we started <laughs> in '95, rehearsing in the old uh, the old goat barn that was re- uh, turned into the uh, studio. And uh, no, it was a long process. It was tedious at times, but also very fun. But we had the freedom to literally hash through like over a hundred ideas. Yeah. in the course of 14 months to whittle it down to 20 songs we really liked and then recorded 14 of them. So, I mean, it was cool because, I mean, in a normal environment, you're like, you write the record, you rehearse it, and then you go into a studio that costs 700 to to $1,000 a day and you got to get that fucking thing done in three weeks. Yeah. It's like, that's it. End of story. So when we're recording, you know, only paying an engineer 25 bucks an hour um, at our own studio and just having to pay Todd's parents, uh, you know, kick them 100 bucks a month for the electricity bill. It's like, yeah. It was. It gave us a freedom that was that was really nice. And there was a bad side of it that we should have finished it three months before, <laughs> because without a de- you know without that deadline push, uh, you know I think it really helps get stuff done. But then again, in the last month, you know a couple tunes came out out of nowhere that just popped yeah. up and were some of the better tracks. So you just you know, it, and it comes through on the record too because it's a lot more laid back, relaxed, yeah. chill, adults. You know, it's not forced. <laughs> That's fun. We just wanted, we definitely wanted to try to concentrate on making a, a, a groove, you know, something that people can dance to. And yeah. Something, you know, that you want to go see live and something you can throw on at a party and everybody will be like, oh, cool, man, you know, yeah. good, good party music. Who are these guys, you know? Okay. Actually, they've been around 20 years, never heard of them. Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, how does it feel to be back in the saddle again? New album out, new album to promote, it's been a while. Yeah, it feels good, man. It's like I've, I've got something to do other than uh, yeah. you know mess around with my, my farming and all that. So. <laughs> it's, Are, uh, this, how is your farming life? Is it is it a good gig for you? I guess. Yeah, it's I, don't, a, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, wink, wink. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, where do I go? Where does it go from that? Well, yeah. So you're back in the saddle again. You're in the tour van. So I. I'm hungover as shit today. We were talking about that earlier. I often forget that I'm 32 years old. Yes. How do you do? You I have to consciously I, remind I yourself. I always what? do as well, um, and that's why it's like you only have the two little vodka cocktails before the show, yeah. and then after the show, you're only allowed to drink beer because what? you need to play another show the next day. I'm just straight up. Just- <laughs> It's like no more shots, no yeah. shots. Yeah, exactly, no shots, and you know I just need that little vodka energy burst twenty minutes before the show, and I'm good. You know, loosens it up, and yeah. gets rid of the, the jiggles. But uh, yeah, it, you you pay for it so hard now, yeah. and we we have a joke. We're, we our, our word of, of the band is hagged, haggard, <laughs> hagged, and like actually our new our new company for the band is called Hagged Productions. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're old, we're hagged. The big thing is that on the bus is that whoever passes out first on the couch, we got a couple guys that love to pass out, that like can't go to sleep in their bunk, they have to fall asleep on the couch first, so just phone in the face, just taking the worst pictures, and nice. then texting them to you in the morning, like, hey, you were last night, bro? Hagged. I'd like to see those on the Facebook page, you know, but that, um, so this is day four of what, three weeks? Uh, this is just two weeks. Two weeks? We're cool. splitting the tours up now, that's another thing in our old Smart. age, we're like... You don't want to be away from home more than two weeks if you can help it. It's, it's, yeah. Week three is when shit starts. People start getting grumpy. Yeah. It's like, I want to go home, you know, have sex with my significant other and yeah. sleep in my bed and, you know. Yeah. Oh, what, one thing that popped in my head that popped out was, what's it like on the bus when everybody's so hungover? 
Uh, I mean, I mean, you've got your own kind you got, of your own personal. You, space. You've got your own little coffin, your own bunk. So I mean, you can get away, but yeah, I mean, we try to keep it clean too. We're not slobs, and everybody does their part to throw away trash. Yeah. And, you know, it's your home. You got to be on it. Try not to think about all the other stuff that's done by uh, on that bus. <laughs> when you hear the stories from the driver about like, oh yeah, I had this hip hop band, and like every night there was like ten problems. I'm like, oh no, don't tell me that. Yeah, right. They, they sanitize it pretty good between the tours. <laughs> they get in there and wipe everything down. So, uh, the words got like a few more days left. What, ten days? I guess. Yeah, it's something no, like that. Another week. We finish next uh, next Sunday. The album comes out May thirteenth. May thirteenth, and then what next? What next for the band? Um, we do the May East Coast uh, Midwesty kind of run. Uh, we head to Europe in July for festival gigs, and currently, right now, we're actually trying to get uh, to try to expand our audience. We're we're looking at support gigs for bigger bands in the fall. Cool. It's kind of the, the plan to try to branch out. And, you yeah. know, uh, we didn't we didn't get the 311. It was like, man, I wouldn't know they had a record coming out and they're already all they've already got all their support. Yeah. But like that would have been a great a great gig for us, but you know, just try to get out there to the college markets with, you know, some b- bands that play big theaters and arenas right. and stuff and, and break and, break out of the punk rock bat rec world. Yeah, cuz like yeah. we know what we can do on our own, so it's yeah. like you have to try to always expand and, you know, get get new people to come check you out. And that's kind of the plan. When the best way to do it for us is playing live and organically. It's like yeah. come see us live and hopefully you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh what's what's going on with Elwood? I take it that's probably on the back burner for a while. Yeah, back burner right now. It's uh I have I have most of a record written and uh kind of the plan is sometime this year before the holidays to get in and hammer hammer out another record i think i think we're gonna like kind of go for a, like a kind of a rock record not like hard rock that's the wrong term but i want to say indie rock i don't know just like something different that was just kind of like an outlet for me to put yeah. songs out that might not necessarily be for the caddy so it's, yeah i was i was gonna ask like i mean do you want to make like a metal record or anything like that yeah all. I'm not a good enough guitar player to play <laughs> right. a metal record but, you know <laughs> but, but, El, El, but El yeah El, we, we want to we want to do a you know like a country record nice, or like yeah. a folk stuff I mean, indie rock just just different just off the wall it's like not really ever going to go anywhere unless for some reason we just pulled a hit single out of our ass but I mean it's like, like on accident like on accident like oh that radio got it or something but no it's just something fun you know just, I think it's always good to just have other outlets for your artistic you know nice. tendencies yeah um, anything else you want to throw out there, plug, before I let you go back in? Yeah, I'm just uh, stoked to be back out there, Matt Caddy's yeah. Dirty Rice, I, May 13th. That's a good record. New record. Yeah. What's your favorite song on the record? Do you have one? Yeah, actually, my favorite song is the one that I didn't write the lyrics for. Um, a good friend of mine, Logan Livermore, grew up playing music with him. He was in a bunch of bands that never went anywhere, but he's a super talented songwriter, great lyricist. And uh, kind of it was at the end of the record, and it was a, a song that Todd, our drummer and our keyboard player, had uh, um, collaborated on. And I was just like, you know what? We were kind of like, let's see if Logan like he's really good at like sometimes like dark, crazy lyrics. Let's see if he can do anything with this song. And I kind of like I had the melody already, but he, he wrote his lyrics. It's uh, the song's called Down and Out, and it's about street walking. Nice. And uh, yeah. I was like, I would never write about hookers. Like, that's, that's so cool. And it's like kind of this happy, groovy, jammy tune, and it's you know about dead hookers. So, yeah, yeah, all right. Let's, let's get let's get here. That's my nice. favorite track right now. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, this this randomly popped in my head, and I mentioned it a little bit. Have you ever like the only Chucks I've met are you and Chuck Reagan. Mm-hmm. I've never met a, a bad Chuck. 
Are there any asshole trucks out there? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just a weird like. like I don't know if I've ever met a, a, a evil Chuck. I got a Chuck from Good Riddance. Nicest guy ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I met him before too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think Char- Charles is one of those names. Maybe that uh, I don't know. You got. If you became. I don't know any like dickhead Charlies or Chucks or. My mother's husband's a Charlie. He's kind of a dick. Oh, there you go. But he's not but a Chuck, huh? No, he like not Charlie. A Chuck. Yeah. And if you call him Chuck, he gets really mad. So there you go. Oh, see, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Dirty Rice, May thirteenth. May thirteenth. Fat cool. Records. Fat Records. All right. Well, Chuck, thanks for hanging out. Bullshit. Oh, Dave. Fucking cool. That man. was fun. That was super fun. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Well, all right, buddies. Uh, thanks to Chuck again for being such an awesome rad dude and sitting down and chatting with me. Uh, thanks to Vanessa from Fat for setting this up. And, buddies, uh, like, like we were talking about in the interview, if you can think of an asshole Chuck, let me know. Uh, tweet me at Damien on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook and leave us a little message on there. Email me um, at mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. And uh, let's, let's see if we can uh, uncover any asshole Chucks out there because Chuck Reagan – and uh, Chuck Robertson are both the sweetest, nicest dudes, and they both CR. Coincidence? Hmm, I wonder. All right, buddies, but uh, we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to quit rambling. I've had way too much Death Wish coffee. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I can't believe I'm still awake. can't believe I'm rambling right now. can't believe I came home and drank more coffee, but that's all right. DeathWishCoffee.com. MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Check out our other episodes. Like I said, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a little, uh, leave us a little uh, review, love. Maybe send me an email that I won't ever write back to. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode with my favorite uh, Mad Caddy song, the one that started it all for me. And probably for many of you, it's Road Rash off 1998's Duck and Cover. And also it was on Fat Music Volume 4, Life in the Fat Lane. Love this song. Love this band. Again, I was blown away by their set last night. Dirty Rice comes out May 13th on Fat Records. I've heard it. It's a great killer new record from a bunch of dudes in a great band who are great dudes how many more times can i say great in this sentence describing this band i don't know probably a few more but we're gonna stop it right that so all right buddies again this is uh road rash from 1998's duck and cover check out dirty rice may 13th the band is still on tour for about another week and a half two weeks check out their uh website check mostly harmlesspodcast.com will link to the website and you can find all those dates they're hitting mostly texas and a couple other stuff soon so all right buddies uh we'll see you in the funny pages Cause God's on our shoulder 